Hey, welcome to the Hustle Differently podcast, a space for millennial professionals who are navigating career curveballs while driving closer to Christ. I'm Adriana, and each episode I chat with millennial professionals about the spiritual lessons they've learned in their career journey. We can come up with so many reasons why we should not pursue create or launch that big idea we've been brainstorming for years. I can absolutely relate to this and on today's episode I chat with Garrison Hayes who is a pastor and anti-racist content creator. We talk about how leaning into courage has helped him pursue big ideas that God has placed on his heart. You'll learn so much from this episode. All right let's jump into the conversation. Hey Garrison. What's up, Adriana? Hey. So you're a pastor and you're an anti-racism content creator. I want to hear about both those things. First, why why did you decide to become a pastor? So, you know, I actually never really planned to be a pastor. I kind of feel like that's like a little cliche at this point, you know, like no, like a, a lot of the pastors that, you know, I know and admire are like, yeah, I never thought I'd be a pastor. And and so I that's actually my story as well. I went to to undergrad for film production. And so I thought I was going to move out to LA and really hustle to be a filmmaker and and like make it and and, and become the greatest filmmaker of all time. That's kind of what I wanted to do and like that's the the high hopes that I had. But while I was in undergrad, I just started getting more involved with higher ed ministry, campus ministry, and it really kind of revealed this passion that I have for connecting with young adults, especially people who are at the beginning of their journey towards greatness. You know, there's so much potential to be captured in those, you know, late teen, early 20s years. And I just was just absolutely in love with creating programs and spaces for my peers at the time and over the years, people who are a little bit younger than me, these these collegiate kind of people. I just was I just loved it. And when I was done with my masters in seminary, I got a call to come out to the church where you were going to the Community Praise Church. And so I've just been absolutely blessed to to, to have plans and then to allow God to kind of disrupt those plans and take me in directions that honestly, I, I would never have seen that for myself. But as I look back, even at times, honestly, it feels a bit random sometimes. Like I'm a pastor in DC. I'm from Atlanta. Like I went to school in Tennessee. I went to graduate school in Michigan and now like like it feels a bit random and disjointed at times but but when I look back truly truly I see the hand of God every step of the way leading me guiding me nudging me a little bit closer to kind of that vision that I think he has for my life wow that's amazing and I definitely want to hear a little bit more about those moments like those defining moments where you felt like God was like nudging you sure sure so two come to mind kind of immediately the first is my experience with summer camp. First of all, I never liked kids. I did not like kids at all. Like, <laughs> I have to be honest with you. Like, I didn't think that I could get along with kids. I didn't think that kids liked me. So I was like, you don't like me, I don't like you back, you know, kind of thing. And like, so- Wow, I what a up- shift. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I, I had a friend um, named Abner. Uh, he was the uh, director of a camp in Hagerstown, Maryland, now in a summer camp. And he was like, Garrison, you've got to come out here. He's like, gee, money, I need you on my team at summer camp. And I'm like, I don't even like kids. Like, I don't know why I would, why I would do that. 
but I didn't have anything better to do with my summer. And they made it seem like it was so fun and so transformative that I was like, okay, I'll do it. And so for seven weeks of the summer of uh, 2011, I just was like immersed in ministry that was so fun, so engaging. It was, I mean, it was just amazing to be on a team of people. I learned so much about leadership from Abner. And it was also like a crash course on being a parent of, because you're like singularly responsible for this cabin of seven kids for an entire week. And there's so much that you have to learn about patience and speaking to people on their level without insulting them and just like getting down and dirty and just being willing to kind of make yourself into the fool for a moment just to connect with someone. I mean, it was, I just learned so, so much that I had to do it again. And so the next summer I came back and the next summer I came back. But it's interesting because that third summer that I came back to be programs director for the camp, it was actually my last summer before graduation. I was supposed to spend that summer doing an internship. I got this amazing internship out in Loma Linda, California. And they were like, hey, we'll pay you to come out here and spend the entire summer as one of our marketing interns in the film department or a uh, film intern in the marketing department, rather. And, you know, it was kind of the life they provided me with housing. It, I mean, it was everything that you'd ever want from an internship, in my opinion. And of course, you got to spend the weekends on the beach. And I, I, couldn't, <laughs> I, I couldn't bring myself to choose that over the incredible ministry and connection that I had with my kids at camp. And it made no sense. Like I couldn't even make it make sense to myself, but there was something inside of me that wanted, that, that, that would have rather connect with the kids and the team of collegiates. And like, like to be in that space, it just made more sense to me somehow than this internship. So I told them I can be here for about four weeks at the beginning, but I have to leave and go to camp and go do this camp thing. And so when I made that decision and I said it out loud to the people who had hired me for this internship, they, of course, they, they obliged. They allowed, they allowed me to just do kind of a, an abbreviated internship period, which was great, really helpful. But when I said that out loud, something really clicked inside of my mind that like, whoa, I I don't know if 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 going to be a filmmaker only full time like I like I'm not prioritizing this like I have an opportunity to like they they told me like everyone who'd gone through the internship ended up getting hired full time out there and so I would have been about 2 hours south of LA with a pretty good pay paying job and I could have literally started on this journey towards my dreams of making it in Hollywood with a little bit of um, a little bit of a safety net, and yet I'm deciding to do this kind of other thing. Now, fast forward several years, I come to be a pastor at a church in Northern Virginia, and I mean, easily sixty percent of my my young people, my teens, my youth, easily 60, 70% of them, I was their camp counselor at some point. So I didn't know that at the time I was building relationships that really would be lifelong 
that I really would like not only get to be their camp counselor when they were like younger, but I get to be their pastor and counselor as they've gotten a little bit older. And I see that as an incredible blessing. And at the time, I just was making decisions that I thought didn't make sense, but I felt really convicted that that's what I was called to do. I think that's kind of one of those moments that I really want for people to to hold on to, because more often than not, God is trying to talk to us through some of the decisions, the things we feel kind of on that gut level. Like, I feel God is calling me to do this thing and it doesn't really make sense. Like, it, like it doesn't make any sense, but I just feel something drawing me. I think that, I think that God speaks to us in that way far more often than the big like I, appeal moment that I had as well. And I'm thankful for both of them um, because it's helped me to kind of analyze in my day-to-day life, these urges, these, these draw, like the way that God is drawing me towards doing something, even when it doesn't necessarily make sense for the plan that I have for my life. Those were definitely full circle moments. And I think what really resonated with me was the difficulty of making a choice that would change the trajectory of your life. Like it's so uncertain. You don't know if once you make the choice, whether it'll be successful, what you would do next, you know, but it takes a level of courage and really faith to be able to really do that. And it can be really hard. And and you talked about like that gut-wrenching moments. And I feel like I've experienced those. And it's really when something is like nagging at you. It's like, you can't get it out of your mind like you'll, yep. you'll be doing yep. something and it's like that thing will come to you and like this is so random right now <laughs> like I'm supposed to be focused yep. on what I'm supposed to be doing you know but I think it's sometimes those things are the things that we need to like sometimes sit and go in prayer about because it's like I can't get it out of my head like God what are you trying to tell me right now but sometimes it could yep. be like mm, like let me just maybe it's just me maybe maybe I just need to like continue to do what I'm doing and stay focused because this this right here makes sense. And sometimes it can be really difficult to make that shift, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you what you mean. I, you know, I think that that what you're describing though is one of the the benefits of being a millennial. We kind of talked a little bit about this before the show, but like millennials are really willing to take those kinds of risks <laughs> in general. And like we're kind of willing to like say like, man, I feel something that's that's calling me in a different direction. I know, I know my parents probably never felt comfortable just like up and leaving their careers to follow this what might seem like a whim. But I think every every generation has something kind of innate and inherent kind of to them that allows God to use it for his glory and our ability, our willingness to make these major shifts um, that you kind of see just in the millennial generation. You just kind of see that amongst millennials. I think that's a huge opportunity for God to do something really special, um, not just in this generation at large, but in our individual lives when we are willing to allow God to take control of, of our plans. Yeah, yeah. I've been reading a devotional. It's called Courage to Create, and it's by Jordan Raynor. 
The focus of the devotional is about the biblical truths that give us the courage to create and work boldly in uncertain times. And one of the truths for one of the days that I read was we are made in the image of God who took the ultimate risk to create. And the basis of it was the story of creation, Genesis 1 through 3, and that God took a risk, right? Creating this world, creating the universe, knowing that humans would have free will and that his son would have to come down to earth and suffer and go through pain and sacrifice himself for the people that he created, right? Like there was a level of risk there. I thought that was like really interesting and inspiring, like we being created in God's image, like there's things that God has called us to do and being willing to take that risk, right? To create the ideas and the things that he's kind of like put on our heart. Sometimes even for me, it's difficult. Like for instance, this podcast, right? It took me like two years just to do it. <laughs> because yeah, of, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it really was because of fear. Like the fear of like, man, I don't really know if people are really going to like this. But I think being inspired by the things that people were creating in 2020, although it was a pandemic and it was hard for a lot of people um, and people felt that hardship in different ways, I think there was... In some, in some spaces, there was an opportunity for innovation. And I think there was also a space for innovation in churches, right? Where churches weren't able to bring people into the church building and to do what they traditionally were able to do. And I feel like for you, there was an opportunity for you to really be able to integrate your film background into your pastoral work. And you created a documentary in 2020 called War Stories. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Tell me about the documentary and why it was important for you to make that. When I made the decision to to kind of what felt like abandon something that I've been in love with since I was 14 years old, like I'm going to make movies since then, it's just like, I loved it and still do. And when I made the decision that kind of felt like abandoning it to go into ministry, that felt like I had to have a funeral. It felt, I don't know, like it felt like leaving something that I really loved and I wasn't sure if I'd ever get it back or if I'd ever have an opportunity. And like you're saying, I, I never knew that when I came out of seminary in 2018, that two years later, the majority of my time <laughs> would be spent behind the camera, in the editing booth again, doing this thing that I love, but now married to the thing to this ministry thing that I've that I've been called uh, to be a part of. You know, the War Stories documentary, which was about hearing and telling the stories of people who survived 2020, really. Uh, we had uh, a few people in the documentary who survived COVID-19. They had some really remarkable stories. And we had one guy in the film who survived colon cancer and it had been spreading throughout his body and it was just a really scary time for him and all of these people are really significant and you know loved and known people in my congregation and just being able to hear and tell their story it was just a powerful opportunity i love storytelling i felt like really being a, a good steward of those stories meant kind of presenting them in a way that 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 allowed people to truly experience the depth of emotion and turmoil but also the incredible power of community the incredible grace of god 
all at once. And so I, I just, you know, it was really, it was really great. Like we, when we premiered it, you know, everyone's kind of watching from their homes. And I told my wife that I just wish that, you know, we could have all watched it together because I, I was just so proud of it. Honestly, I still am really, really proud of it. And I, and I wanted to, you know, there's nothing like premiering a film. Um, in front of an audience, you know, I've, I've been, I've had the privilege to be able to preach to people and you get some immediate feedback, but you're also performing or preaching, however you want to like describe that you're doing it in the moment. So you aren't totally present to take in kind of the way it's impacting people, but with a film, you're done, you're, you're, you've done it. And now you just get to kind of take it all in. And I really wish we could have done that. Um, but, you know, I say all that just to say that that it was a really meaningful experience to, to kind of reconnect with that element of who I am and 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 what I, I didn't I didn't know that God would bring me, as you used this term earlier, full circle to kind of connect all of these pieces, which was really special. I bet. And I want to tell you, the documentary was very well done. Thank you. And I'm going to leave the link to the documentary in the show notes. So for those who are listening, um, can go and watch it. Yeah, it was really, really good. And I think that's one thing that I'm going to tell you, you're going to be like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm very inspired by you because of your ability like, to bring fresh ideas. And when you're really passionate about something, you kind of just go for it, right? Mm. But from the outside looking in, you're probably like, wait, that's not how it goes. Mm. (laughs) Mm. But from the outside also looking in it's like very like man like I when I have an idea I want to be able to like just do it and then execute it execute it well you know Mm. and I wanted to talk to you about your experience like we talked a little bit about the courage to create and like what is that process for you having the courage to be able to create something an idea that you've had um, especially something that um, drives you Hey, I want to take a moment and ask for a favor. If you're enjoying this episode, take a screenshot of you listening to the Hustle Differently podcast and post it to your social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, wherever you social. If you're posting on Instagram, make sure to tag at Hustle Differently. By you posting, it will help more people find the podcast. I appreciate your support. All right, let's get back to the convo. Yeah, yeah. First of all, thank you very much for 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 that encouragement, those kind words. It it definitely you're right. It doesn't feel from the inside looking out. It's like I have I have a lot of ideas and and passions and things that I really want to do. And and just like you know you were saying earlier, there are a number of things that I'm like, man, are people even gonna like watch this? Or are they gonna like it? Or like, are they gonna even listen? Or am I am I qualified to present myself as an expert on this topic? That's something that I kind of struggle with often. And and so you know, it's encouraging to kind of to hear you know that it that some of the things that that God has allowed me to do are connecting. That's really great. You know, to talk a little bit about that kind of creative process, there's something that Ira Glass said many, many years ago that it's really stuck with me. He talks about, and you can find this on YouTube, it's like he's like sitting in a studio or something is the way I remember it. But he's he's talking, and if you don't know, Ira Glass is the host of the podcast, This American Life, which also which might also be a radio show. I don't know, but check it out. It's a really great storytelling show as well. He talks about how creatives have good taste, how because we've been consuming a lot of 
you know, movies or TV shows or books or podcasts or whatever it is, oftentimes we have great taste and then we go out to like do the thing that we like want to do in that arena and our skill and our taste are a little bit of a mismatch. Like our taste is really high, but our skill to execute is really low. And I think a lot of times we get really, really, really discouraged when we try to do something and it doesn't match with our taste. Like we know what a good movie looks like, or like we know what a good book reads like. We know what a good podcast sounds like. We know what a good business looks like, you know, whatever it is. What we're doing is, is just not on that level. He kind of makes this note that, that people often kind of drop out. They kind of just leave it like they, they quit because their, t- their, their taste and their skill level are just not at the same level. And he, he talks about how the only way to close the gap between your ability, your skills, and your taste is to create, is just to do it. And the more you do it, the more you create, the uh, more skill uh, you have. And eventually, over time, but eventually, your skills, your ability, and your taste will be on the same level. And you will be able to start creating in a way that you just know is excellent. Like, you know you're doing it. Over the course of my life, I can see how... As I look back, like some of my stuff was terrible. It was, I mean, like, you know, like it just wasn't, wasn't good. Like a lot of people don't know this because I've privated all the videos, but I started a YouTube channel <laughs> when I was 16 years old in 2006 and seven, I was on YouTube making vlogs and they were not good. I go back and watch them from time to time and they were very corny. It's kind of funny at this point, but like I was doing that then. And I think because of that experience, I think because of kind of learning what it means to talk to the camera that now 2020 hits and the only way to communicate with my community, my, my church is by talking to the camera. And there's a little bit of, of, something about it that I've been doing for so long that I'm able to kind of step into that. And, and honestly, like, praise the Lord. Thank you, God. Like, I'm able to do it well. And I don't think it's a miracle. I don't think it's, you know, like, like, because I just, quote unquote, am good at that. I think it's because there's a lot of time I spent uh, over the years being not good at it. But, but now I'm able to kind of have that level, uh, that, that skill level and that taste level kind of match a little bit there. That's the first thing that I want to say. The second thing that I want to talk about is a little bit about like this, this content creation that I'm doing on, online. I'm, I'm making TikToks. So I, I'm talking about anti-racist books and kind of, kind of putting in some, some Black history and, and some of that, just making anti-racist content but specifically around books and reading. I've been wanting to do this for at least a year, maybe longer, but kind of nervous, kind of scared, kind of don't want to flop. And one thing that I feel has been, even though it's taking me so long to get started, similarly to you, Adriana, I think that during that time, I was able to kind of build my taste and understand the platform a little bit better. And kind of understand what connects and what works on that platform. So now I'm doing my best to kind of execute in that way. Even though someone out there might not have started the thing that they want to start, 
they might not feel comfortable, you know, launching the thing that they want to launch, a little bit of encouragement, kind of a, a bit of redemption for the time between when you got the idea and when you started the idea during this kind of in-between time. I think something that is really powerful that you can do is is to build that taste, to analyze, to kind of understand how things work, why they work, like why do people listen to this pod or to or read from this blog or whatever or watch these TikToks, like to do the work of kind of understanding that taste element so that when you do start, um, you have something to kind of aspire to. And, and something to build towards. I really like that. I think that sparked an idea. I think I want to do like a t- whole separate podcast episode about that, like what to do in that waiting period. Like you have this sort of idea or this thing that you feel God has placed on your heart and that you want to do. And up until that point until you actually do it, like what should you be doing? I think that'd be a great episode. That sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think that's where people struggle with like, should I do it? Should I not? But like, how can you be able to grow in order to prepare yourself to do that thing? And I love what you said about creating is, is the way that you become better. So tell me a little bit more about your anti-racism concept. Like why is this important? Like where does idea come from? And where do you, where, where do you, what do you want this to be? Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that you asked. I wanted to start making anti-racist Christian content because Christians, I mean, yo, we got a racism problem, <laughs> like, like just plain oh, and simple. Yes, we, do. <laughs> we have a problem. Like it's kind of crazy, honestly. And, and I've been really passionate about this um, for some time, uh, but, but really seeing the need, I think it took getting to a place of maturity to understand a couple of things about what's going on. I, I think there are people who genuinely, as hard as it is to believe, there are people out there who have been genuinely convinced that racism is a thing of the past. Like, and, and we have to take that seriously. We really do. Yeah. We have to, as much as I just want to say like, no, y'all are racist and like, forget you, right? Period. Like, period. period. <laughs> I'm done. I'm moving. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not calling myself a Christian no more. Like, you know, like, like I, there is a part of me that wants to like, just go there. Right. But if I'm really taking it seriously, that there are some people out there who are genuine. <laughs> All right. Let's just let that sit for a little bit. If that's true then there is a serious need for for education for re-education and mm-hmm. so i've wanted to do some of this anti-racist educational content for a while but i haven't i haven't really known you know where to put it or or if i can even make the time to do it that kind of thing and so um, I've been talking to friends. Adriana, you were one of the people. You're in a group that I kind of sent this like idea to that like, hey, we might need some anti-racist kind of content out there. Yeah. And and you and and, and a few others, shout out to Simi and a few others who were, were like really encouraging, saying like, yo, like, no, we yes, we need that. That's a good idea. <laughs> and so I've been kind of building that um out for myself more honestly there's been so much more that i've been doing behind the scenes to make sure that this stuff is not just kind of the the 60 second videos that i put on tiktok i'm building that kind of audience in that platform as well but i think there's a greater opportunity to to talk about this on several denominational levels 
talk about it within healthcare, talk about it in the business sector to allow for this idea of anti-racist Christianity uh, to really inform what we do, not just kind of what we think, right? Like, but to, to also extend to inform what we do. I, I've had some, the, in some ways, fortune and in some other ways, misfortune of being on the receiving end of Christian-based racism, right? Like Christianity-based racism. Like having gone to a predominantly white Christian institution, I've seen the way conservative Christianity is set up to demonize and ostracize and otherize Blackness. I've seen that with my own two eyes. And so doing the work of creating ways to reverse engineer, to kind of thwart the plans of the enemy in that regard, it's something that I'm passionate about, something that I honestly, I, I enjoy it. I by no means think that Black people or other people of color should feel responsible to undo the generations, centuries even, of white supremacy that is present in the church. That is not necessarily your job, truthfully. Mm -hmm. White people need to do the, do work, the work for themselves. I will never, I will never convince these white folks that Trayvon Martin's life mattered if they don't start by examining why they don't think it mattered, right? And so they, white people have to do the work. But what we can do if we feel called to it, and I certainly do, is put the information out there for them to, to find their way to. Like, I, I will not tell you that you have to do this. Or, I mean, I'm telling you that you have to do it, but I, but I certainly am by no means trying to convince people that they have to do this if they don't already have some inkling, some indication they need to do some work or they need to learn something else. But when they are ready, it's going to be present. And, and honestly, I feel um, that we are in a time where more people are ready to learn than ever before. And so I count that as a positive thing. And I, you have to have a little bit of optimism to do this work, that things are able to change in some meaningful way. And so that's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm making uh, anti-racist um, content, specifically anti-racist Christian content. And so far, I've really enjoyed it. Um, at the time of this recording, I'm coming up on 20,000 followers on TikTok in West wow, Yeah, congrats. thank you. Less than a, less than a month, um, which is... A lot less than a month. Less than a, less than a month. I have not been on that long, which is a lot to some people, not a lot to other people. I get that, but I feel pretty proud of the community that we're building. It feels good for it to be received well. This was such a great conversation. I don't know if you have any like last thoughts. We talked about so many different things, but anything that you want to leave the listeners with before we wrap up? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the 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 final thing that I kind of want to say is that you know, if God puts something inside of you, go after it. Go do it. I know people say that all the time. And I recognize there are so many hurdles. There may be, there may be like so many things for you to learn to get there, but don't allow that to stop you from taking the risk of making the very first step. Adriana is going to come out with a great episode about what to do in the in-between, between when you have the idea that you want to do this thing and when you actually start to execute it. But if nothing else, just start, learn, 
be open to going on this journey with God, even if you don't know where you're going to land. I think that has been a major part of my life, a major storyline in my life. And it's built my faith and my trust in God. And it, it all starts with literally starting. So that's what I want to encourage someone to do is just to start, just to do it. Your voice is unique. Your perspective is unique. Doesn't matter how many people have already started XYZ thing, start your own present in your own way. And, and I think people uh, will be blessed. Awesome. What a way to end. Dang, this should be a, a, a advertisement for Nike. Just do it. Just do Go it. Ahead. Just do it. <laughs> you feel me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Garrison, for being on the Hustle Differently podcast. Really, really appreciate hearing your story and your thoughts and your wisdom. Um, it was great chatting with you. Hey, great talking to you as well. Thanks for having me on. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also access the show notes and transcripts on hustledifferently.com. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. It will help this podcast reach more people and spark more conversations like this. Thank you for your support.